Is there anything that we can really know for sure and for certain? May I challenge you to lean into the truth found in the Word of God today. You know, we're surrounded by gray in our culture, those things that are not black and they're not white. Today, we will discover how we can know for sure and for certain that Jesus Christ actually lived. Jesus was, in fact, a real person, and history proves it. Welcome to A Jolt of Joy. This is Carol McLeod. And I love studying the truth of scripture with you on the Charisma Podcast Network. In this world of grayness, of gray believing where black isn't black and white isn't white, in this world of of humanism and, and building a life on self, is there anything we can know for sure and for certain? Well, I believe there is, and I believe it's found in the Word of God. Today, we're studying how do we know for sure and for certain that Jesus Christ actually lived? Well, yesterday, we discovered that even secular historians validate the fact that a man by the name of Jesus lived at his moment in history, that he was born and was raised in Nazareth, that he went about doing good. We also studied yesterday that the character of Jesus was unquestioned by friend and by foe alike. Now, today, the next step in studying what we know for sure and for certain about the life of Jesus Christ is this, that the works of Jesus went unchallenged at his moment in history. Jesus actually did feed 5,000 people. He really did feed 4,000 people, Jesus raised Jairus's daughter from the dead, and he raised Lazarus from the dead. No one ever said to Jesus, Jesus, you faked that miracle. The miracles of Jesus Christ were undisputed, and that is what made him such a dangerous man at his moment in history. Jesus traveled about. He went from Jerusalem to Judea, and he, he did these miracles in public so the public could see him for over three years. His miracles were not hidden, nor were they concealed. You could talk to the people who experienced the miracles, and they all confessed, yeah, he really did that. I saw it with my own eyes. I was in the front row. I I was with Mary and Martha when their brother was raised from the dead. They could say to us today, I was there in the crowd. I saw the woman with the bloody garment, and I saw that she was healed when she touched Jesus. There are eyewitness accounts that validate the miracles of Jesus. Now, this is what Peter said on the day of Pentecost to over 3,000 people who were mocking the believers that day. We find the words of Peter in Acts chapter 2, verses 22 and 23. Men of Israel, listen to these words. Jesus the Nazarene, a man attested to you by God with miracles and wonders and signs, which God performed through him in your midst, just as you yourselves know. This man, delivered over by the predetermined plan and foreknowledge of God, you nailed to a cross by the hands of godless men 
and put him to death. You know, the most secular opponent of Christ alive at that moment in history, the highest ranking government officials, the religious leaders of the day could not deny the miracles that Jesus had performed. It was one of the main reasons why he was crucified. Now, the fifth thing that gives us the foundation that the life of Jesus Christ actually happened was the fulfillment of over 700 Old Testament prophecies. Isaiah chapter 14 prophesied that the Messiah would be born of a virgin, that he would be born in Bethlehem, and that he would come into Jerusalem on a donkey. Now, there is a man by the name of Brett Ehrman, and he is the most influential Bible critic of our day. He frequently debates Christian scholars about the reliability of the New Testament from a historical standpoint. While he is a skeptic in terms of the overall truth of Christian faith, this man, Brett Ehrman, is not skeptical about the existence of a real Jesus. Ehrman has emphasized the fact that Jesus was a man of history and that that fact is incontrovertible. I'm going to quote this man now, um, Brett Ehrman, as a hostile witness against Christian faith. And, And as a hostile witness against Christian faith, he actually helps the cause of Christ by underscoring the truth of the existence of Jesus. This is what Mr. Ehrman says. I am not a Christian, and I have no interest in promoting a Christian cause or a Christian agenda. I am an agnostic with atheist leanings, and my life and views of the world would be approximately the same whether or not Jesus existed. But as a historian, I think evidence matters and the past matters. And for anyone to whom both evidence and the past matter, a dispassionate consideration of the case makes it quite plain. Jesus did exist. And so a skeptic, an atheist, declares to us today, Jesus did historically exist. Now, because of those truths, because of understanding that Jesus lived and that he fulfilled Old Testament prophecy today, we're going to visit an empty tomb. Let's open our Bibles today to Matthew chapter 27, and I'm going to read to you verses 57 through 61. When it was evening, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who himself had also become a disciple of Jesus. This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate ordered it to be given to him. And Joseph took the body and wrapped it in a clean linen cloth and laid it in his own new tomb, which he had hewn out in the rock. And he rolled a large stone against the entrance of the tomb and went away. And Mary Magdalene was there and the other Mary sitting opposite the grave. Now, in the war between truth and doubt, nothing outweighs the battle of a certain tomb that one Friday afternoon that held the dead body of one of the greatest teachers who had ever lived. If the tomb was not miraculously empty 
on Sunday morning, then Christianity is wiped off of the map of possibility. If a man or a group of men moved the immovable stone and stole the already decaying body, then you and I have nothing to build our lives around. The stakes of this one singular truth that Jesus really did rise from the dead could not be any higher. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 13 through 19. But if there is no resurrection of the dead, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain. Your faith is also in vain. Moreover, we are even found to be false witnesses of God because we testified against God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise, if in fact the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is worthless. You are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If we have hoped in Christ in this life only, we are of all men to be pitied. See, Paul is declaring, if Christ did not raise from the dead, we're to be pitied. Our faith is worth nothing. It's absolutely worthless. If Christ didn't raise from the dead, you're still living in your sins and nothing, absolutely nothing has changed for you. If Christ has not raised from the dead, you, my friend, have bought swampland in Florida. We base the reality of who Jesus is. Is he truly the son of God or not? We base it on the fact, not the assumption, that Jesus Christ was dead. He was dead, dead. And then he was miraculously raised from the dead by the power of God. Christians and atheists both agree on this one point. If Jesus rose from the dead, he's the son of God for sure and for certain. If he didn't rise from the dead, then Jesus Christ, even though he lived historically, is a charlatan of the worst kind. Matthew 27, 62 through 66. Now on the next day, the day after the preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered together with Pilate and said, Sir, we remember that when he was still alive, that deceiver said, After three days I am to rise again. Therefore, give orders for the grave to be made secure until the third day. Otherwise, his disciples may come and steal him away and say to the people, He has risen from the dead, and the last deception will be worse than the first. Pilate said to them, You have a guard. Go make it as secure as you know how. And they went and made the grave secure. And along with the guard, they set a seal on the stone. Let me tell you this, Jesus was a man who historically lived, and he was murdered. He was killed by the Roman government. The Romans were professional executioners. They killed people for a living. Let me tell you about the death on a cross. On the cross, you died from suffocation. It was the most excruciating and painful kind of death. As a victim would lose their strength on the cross, they would be unable to pull themselves up. And so the Roman soldiers would break the victim's legs in order to hurry along the crucifixion death. 
The Roman soldiers knew that Jesus was dead, so they didn't break his legs. This is what killed Jesus, the 39 lashes on his back and then being hung on a Roman cross. Now, the Roman soldiers wanted to be sure that Jesus was dead, so they put the spear in his side and water and blood came out of this man. Let me read to you an article that was written in the Journal of the American Medical Association, which verifies the death of Jesus Christ. Clearly, the weight of historical and medical evidence indicates that Jesus was dead before the wound to his side was inflicted and supports the traditional view that the spear thrust between his right ribs probably perforated not only the right lung, but also the pericardium and heart, and thereby ensured his death. Accordingly, interpretations based on the assumption that Jesus did not actually die on the cross appear to be at odds with modern medical knowledge. And so this is what we've established. Jesus Christ was a man who lived. His miracles he did in the public eye, nobody could deny them. We've established the fact that Jesus was murdered. He was killed. But was he raised from the dead? I hope you'll join me next time to discover the truth to this riveting fact. Did Jesus rise from the dead or not? Your life depends on it. Thank you for joining me on A Jolt of Joy. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you can also visit my website at justjoyministries.com. It's my passion to help people live an abundant life through the power and principles found only in the Word of God. Email me at carol at justjoyministries.com. And as always, know that I am praying for you today.